killers, demons, ghosts outside Screaming you can run but you can't hide You can't scare me, I'm already dead inside Hello everyone, welcome to the Text Chris Dave's on Massacre His name is Chris Vandenberg His name is David Stoneborough and That's how we start the podcast, let's do Scared Tell Alright, <laughs> welcome everybody Today we're doing Krampus, 2015's Krampus Written and directed by Michael Doherty, who we recently were introduced to through Trick or Treat. Trick or Treat, yeah, he's great. Um, he's great, which he's makes great. me so excited for this. He's good about getting the season that the movie represents really into the movie. What's that? He, the season oh, or the I see. holiday? Christmas. Christmas, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, same with Trick or Treat. Very Halloweeny. Yeah, you you're right. Oh my god! Every corner of the screen at all times. So this is going to be a Christmassy movie. I imagine it's going to be shoved down my throat. What a festive motherfucker, huh? I imagine so. He just he likes the aesthetics. So Krampus got 65% on Rotten Tomatoes, 6.2 on IMDb. Uh, what is that? Does that mean decent for IMDb? Um, I would call that decent, like pretty decent for like a more of an indie movie. Mm-hmm. But for a big holiday season release, uh, I would say that that is not so great. IMDb scores for me are how most people are with um, like temperature fahrenheit celsius differences right. <laughs> like when someone's like oh it's 66 fahrenheit i'm like i have no idea what that means that's what that's how i yeah. <laughs> perceive imdb scores it's i just have no idea just a different language it's a language i don't get and i have not taken the time to understand so you don't get imdb uh i don't think anyone can fully understand rotten tomatoes mm. two days before it comes out mm-hmm. and it's got a score you know what that 100 percent score means very little right you know then the two days after it comes out you know the the drastic change that might mean something yeah but as a whole just like hopping onto the site and looking at the review that's just where it sits right now like it has to kind of be an older movie for that to be a, a relatively static number totally you're right it it's we can perceive a few patterns of behavior that occur yeah. with rotten tomato score yeah but still there's been movies that we like that have bad rotten tomato score and vice versa so mm-hmm. it doesn't really mean a lot especially when it comes to horror movies like it's never really a solid indicator that we're going to love or hate a particular movie yeah, uh, I remember once we were kind of talking about this a little bit um, outside of the podcast, just um, and uh, I was talking about how Dark Skies was amazing and that you should shut up. Mm-hmm. And so you sent me the um, the little icon that said "rotten" with like forty three percent from the <laughs> yeah from the movies reviews from the movies reviews. <laughs> you just sent that to me. He's like, just remember, buddy. <laughs> and then you sent that back to me and you're like oh look at the score chris got on rotten tomatoes you got 43 percent." and then i said oh yeah well and then i found the movie dave and i sent that to you but the rotten tomato score was like 98 percent. so i'm like oh god damn it <laughs> oh that was fun we have fun that was just for us we got adam scott in this movie mm-hmm. tony collette david keckner yeah great cast gonna be a great little cast uh-huh and so like i've done so little research on this movie as soon as i heard about it last year i was really excited i really wanted to see it because it looked like um uh, a funny christmas movie mm-hmm. but also i found the monster that they ha- that you could see in it the krampus i guess yeah looked pretty scary and looked like there could be some real horror movie consequences in this movie i don't think i've seen any pic- i think this movie came out two years ago two years ago and i don't i don't think i saw any pictures of the monster i remember it came out and i was excited about the cast like the trailer and stuff like the- i don't think i saw a trailer i was dissuaded by i think uh lower review or maybe someone i know saw it but either way i didn't get out to see it you so didn't either i didn't know i didn't see it yeah so you don't know what krampus looks like generally? i don't know well i've seen like the kind of older painted versions oh, right. of him like sure. licking a goat 
or just he's tickling goat. a kid or some shit. Just he goatish, and he's kind of goatish himself. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, yeah. I think it, from what I've seen in the trailer and stuff, I've I thought it looked pretty cool, and I thought the scares looked like they were taking a real actual attempt at it. Nice. Like even though the movie's probably going to be have some chuckles throughout, I think they're also like maybe Chucky style. It's going to have um, some actual like oh shit, right? You know, some blood, some. Some consequences that Krampus is gonna great. Unleash. Yeah, when I think about the tone of Trick or Treat, like it's kind of light and fun, mm-hmm. but there's also some good like gory moments yeah. as well. Yeah. So I'm hoping for more of the same, but just Christmas instead of Halloween. Yeah, dude. I uh, this could be really fun. Yeah, <laughs> let's get festive, huh? Yeah. Um, I have um with me uh, a lovely seasonal beer. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> happens to be my favorite. If you've never had it, it's called Granville Island uh, Lions Winter Ale. Send us a free case, Granville. <laughs> yeah, Granville Island, I'm plugging your beer. Mm-hmm. Um, plug my fridge in and fill it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's much more festive than my um, my salty, sour Prophets and Nomads beer. Yeah, Send us a case, Collective Arts. Yeah, Chris is drinking a bottle of vinegar and coriander, and I am drinking a delicious dessert beer. And we're both enjoying both of those flavors. <laughs> and we're both very happy. Um <laughs> But before we watch this movie, Scary Two. This segment that we've always had on this podcast. Yeah, it's the scare and tell segment that we always do. Like so, show and tell, but scarier. Yeah, as if like what horror things of the week you Perfect. have to bring to the table. In case it's not as self-explanatory as we hope it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it only needed six or seven lines to explain what. <laughs> what did you bring for scare and tell today, Dave? Well, um, since last we recorded, Christopher, I watched myself a horror movie. Ooh, what'd you watch? I watched the movie uh, Willow Creek. Hell yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Directed by Bobcat Goldweight, which is insane. Yep. <laughs> Good old Bobcat. Yeah. Um, and so it's a found footage Sasquatch movie. Yep. And it's... Uh, have you seen it? I have. Okay. Yeah. What, what did you think? I loved it. Okay. All right. Great. <laughs> <laughs> so it's... Um, Nothing happens in it, mm-hmm. which is okay because there's a lot of great like build up wherein like they will they go further and further into the woods mm-hmm. and they hear a couple sounds or whatever, but both of them are just still real encouraged to do it and real gung ho and it's yeah. It's great, and then it's great. It's, that, it was good building. Like it's a very kind of slow build and effective. And mm-hmm. I remember just that night scene where they're in the tent and they're hearing the sounds. Get that's closer. the scene. That's the scene for yeah. sure. Yeah, it's kind of like the first time something really happens. Mm-hmm. It goes to ten. Yeah, and yeah, it ends the movie. But they don't show you anything. No, well, you just get kind of like a the classic blurry image at the end, right? Yeah, you do kind of, kind but of. it's like. With the handheld camera, it's loyal to the whole Bigfoot tradition, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah that that old footage, and that's like the advertising image is like a renovated version of like Bigfoot looking over his shoulder at that old camera footage. Is it? Oh, I think I thought the poster I saw was like it just kind of looked like a footprint thing. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. I'm putting my fist up because remember you used to make footprints on glass by breathing and then pressing your hand and then putting the fingers. <laughs> my <laughs> instinct was to put so my fist up. Chris tried to make a foggy glass footprint for you all to see with his microphone. <laughs> I've got to show you this poster because I feel I feel like that makes sense. Okay. Willow Creek poster. Or yeah, you can just use your phone. Yeah. Like that? That's the one. See? Fist. <laughs> see? <laughs> 
Yeah. So you did you like it overall then, or did you find it was just that one scene really was the heart heart of the whole movie? And that's one that you were talking about. Okay, cool. Yeah. So we're so both right. We're both right. Um, I really did enjoy it. Um, and with a caveat being watching that movie, I totally understand um how people can just hate found footage movies. Mm. Um, like in that that movie, it's nothing. You don't see anything as much as you get a glimpse. It's like so close to nothing because of how the camera is shaking to a frustrating um, point to a frustrating saying. degree right. inside the tent is the only good scene like in terms of wanting a horror bigfoot movie and like the sounds are great you know you can hear them really close you see one push like right in mm-hmm. like, that's creepy and all um yeah and maybe because that's the only scene that i can really recall from the movie yeah. so maybe that's true too but i remember that being so well done that it, it made me enjoy the movie overall. Yeah, it was. And I did. I feel that I did enjoy it overall, but like I can't defend it. If you wanted, if someone came in here who was very anti um, found footage, mm-hmm. they would win the argument against me right now. If it was just specifically about right. um, Willow Creek, because it's fun enough, uh, short yeah. enough. It, it fit, filled the time great for me, but it wasn't as good. They didn't u- utilize what they had basically that was the movie that's a found footage movie where they use found footage to um get around the fact that they have no money rather than they have a really good idea and they it's accentuated through found footage mm. you know they didn't show you anything there was i don't even know that there was a guy in a suit like they just pushed right. on a tent yeah they shook a bush at one point so yeah. i i'm like this is super minimalist it's got it's, it's working on me a little bit so i'm i have to give it top marks but as a someone who's seen way too many found footage movies if you hate it i totally understand right yeah that's probably fair i mean we because we love that genre so well Mm -hmm. we're excited when some someone's able to pull it off decently and i I think that's a decent pulling off of it especially they probably had a very tiny budget this guy's a comedian he's a stand-up comedian who loves horror movies so the fact that he was able to make this happen and do a half decent job is pretty remarkable yeah looking at it that way it deserves pretty high marks Mm -hmm. just giving it a you know, found footage rank among all the other soldiers that are out there for that genre. It's not ranking high. Hmm. Like I won't watch it again. I probably wouldn't recommend anyone see it. Fair enough. But it's, right. it was fun. I, I enjoyed my own time. Great. Yeah. I was yeah. like, good choice, Dave. I don't know. Yeah. I Was it on Netflix or did I download it or? I, what, I watched, why it, I watched it. I watched it because when we moved, I recently moved Scared Cats. Um, we <laughs> had no internet right off the bat. So I had to watch movies that were already on my hard drive. And that was sitting there. Yeah, I just found it. I and I didn't even remember which one it was. In terms of like premise, or like you didn't remember yeah. what it was about, you just put it on Willow Creek. I'm like, that's a horror movie. I'm watching it right now. Boom, there it is. Nice. Yeah, it was great. So for for, for scare and tell, what did you bring <laughs> us for scare and tell, Chris? Um, I went and saw a very special movie at the Royal. They were screening the first feature film that Italy made. And it's also, I think, one of the first feature films overall. It's from 1911. It is a movie version of Dante's Inferno. Okay. Um, A lot of the stuff is very tedious to watch at times. The first feature-length movie of? Like, all time. It's one of the earliest feature-length movies. It's the very first feature film from Italy. And it's one of the first feature films ever made. Okay. Or is considered one of the first ones. 
Um, it's a silent film, of course. Mm-hmm. And it's just really, it doesn't even, like it has the narrative of Dante's Inferno and you're having like little text boxes telling you what's happening. Yeah. But the scenes themselves are just like, it's clearly like, we don't know what a movie is yet because it's people just kind of flailing their arms and acting weird and not really interacting. It looks like a moving painting, each scene, <laughs> as opposed to a scene that has like an overall arc. Whoa. Like you're just seeing things kind of happen. But what was most exciting about watching the screening of it is that there was a live score performed, a new score oh, written for the movie. Right then. Yeah, created by the keyboardist from Goblin, who now lives in Toronto. <laughs> I was going to make a joke when he started talking. Like, what did Goblin do the music? Goblin did the fucking music. I was going to say that joke because you said it was like early 1900s. I'm like, okay, clearly it's not Goblin. So. <laughs> Way too early. Who scored a Goblin? Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. Goblin that's fucking scored. So it. hilarious. I know. So it's it just it felt so insanely special, especially like how much we've and I've been enjoying Goblin scores this past year. We should reach out to that guy. Of course we should. He fucking lives in the annex. I live in the annex. Yeah, dude. <laughs> like the this main keyboardist and driving force behind Goblin, who like is responsible for all the crazy sounds that Goblin makes. He lives essentially in our neighborhood, and he like. He's because he's from Italy or whatever and loves this original Dante's Inferno movie. He wrote a new score for it, which is so great and is so cool. And I got to watch him perform it live. He like was sitting there and had like seven synthesizers around him. And he's just looking up at the screen and he's like scoring along to each of the scenes. And it was amazing. Oh, my God. It was so, so special. Your scare tells way better than mine. (laughs) Dude, that blows me away. It was crazy. It was even like when he first started, I'm like, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe this guy who I've been consuming all of his soundtracks this last year mm-hmm. and soundtracks from you know 30 years ago he's still here alive in the flesh and making music to this classic film i need to hear some non-suspiria goblin because all i can think of when i think of that whole band is ah, rah, 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 like and just aggressive yeah behind like yeah 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 I well, even hear- a lot of a lot of the other moments in suspiria are just like weird keyboardy synthy yeah yeah so it's a lot like that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> cool. 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 And it's great. Like he was able to throw in some really like crazy, weird, disturbing sounds at key moments in the movie. And so there's like, it's like amazing. He, like he got a hammer and he like crushed a sparrow. <laughs> oh my like, God. Right at a perfect moment. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and it was real terrifying. Am uh, I right? Nope. It's uh. more like just weird electronic sounds. So there's like, it's an, it's a pretty impressive film considering it's the first feature length film. Like what mm-hmm. they did with, effects i mean you can you can clearly see string holding people up to fly them around at a lot of points but there's one scene where dante's like at the edge of a cliff and there's just bodies kind of floating by in the air and clearly they had to like they took shots of people lying down and just panned across and then inserted those shots on top Uh, so people are like floating on top so you can see that there's different films like on different film strips on top of each other but it's still a cool effect what they're doing like they're experimenting with the boundaries of cinema that would have been so crazy to fuck around with that stuff back then yeah and luckily it's only like an hour and seven minutes so you don't get too overly bored because some of the scenes are just pretty tedious and nothing's really happening yeah they must be but you get lucifer at the end He's got like a sweet beard and giant wings and he's just like chomping down on a human. He's like oh. eating a human like it's a stick like, of celery. Like a, <laughs> like a stick of celery with peanut butter and raisins. Uh, you got it. <laughs> All right. That was a good, good show and tell. That was a good show and tell. Scare and tell. Scare and hell. We're figuring it out. <laughs> All right. What uh, say we enjoy this Krampus movie then? All right. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to watch uh, Krampus now. Cheers. Cheers.
Krampus is here. Merry, 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 merry Krampus. I got a better one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, here comes Krampus. Here comes Krampus. Right down Motor Town Lane. Okay, uh, I got Jumping I got, on actually, rooftops, running with hoof clops, grabbing with his chain. I'm gonna, oh, wait. Do you have. Are you you're reading lyrics off the phone that you wrote during this watching this? I wish you hadn't gotten behind the scenes on that one, but yes. Oh. <laughs> okay. I wrote a song. Nice. Let's hear the rest of it. Keep going. Punishing folks who lost their hope. It's Christmas time again. Mm. That's it. <laughs> Jingle bells. Krampus smells. He's got a crazy toy. Uh, Jack in the box will eat. The girl whose dad wishes was a boy. Hey! Yeah. That's a good one, too. Thank you. That was a very, very Christmassy movie. Very fun. Go without without saying. Yep. Like, they just crammed every nook and cranny full of some Christmassy thing. Mm -hmm. Like, when they were going to do a a reveal about, like, what happened at the other house that they went and explored. Mm -hmm. It's like like dusty tilted over presents and stuff and a broken destroyed hallway with a blown out like um fireplace okay like there was so much creepy christmas things and then just like cheery christmas things mm-hmm. and just every nook and cranny of the movie but i i feel like i could watch this with my family i feel like it's not mm-hmm. scary enough that like maybe my mom wouldn't want to watch some no. scenes but yeah. a lot of it is more just really fun yeah it's it's a, a fun even when like really bad things are happening it's almost a laughable totally you know but then at the same time they're full-on stealing kids you know like eating them like it's not good mm-hmm. like what happens in the movie yeah that giant digestive track of that jack-in-the-box that holy jack-in-the-box like a boa constrictor thing with its giant ass teeth and yeah yeah that man. was awesome Love that was that a thing. great design choice all the elves that there are these weird little like mask wearing mm-hmm. sort of like gothic looking teddy teethy teddy teeth oh yeah the he, um that reminded me of a teddy from conquer's bad fur day oh yeah welcome back to a quick little dave's game corner hey yeah. yo, wait 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 i want to play a game yeah dave's in the corner playing games want to play a game hey but we're back in the corner guys um yeah i just want that teddy with the teeth that crazy insane teddy yep looked a lot like um the teddy bears from conquer's bad fur day which is like a whole they play the sounds so vaguely familiar they play the nazis Oh my god! It, like there's a, a level that's basically just like just rushing the beach, just rushing Long Beach, and um, you're getting gunned down by teddy bears who are Nazis, and you're a bunch of squirrels. <laughs> that's insane. That's and just the, one part of yeah. Conquer's Bad Fur Day. Yeah, and then in multiplayer, it tends to be squirrels versus teddies, and um, <laughs> one of the weapons you can get are throwing knives. That this is what sounds familiar. I think yeah. I remember playing multiplayer. Yeah, that's what most people would have played. Teddies, yeah, yeah, and and you get th- these throwing knives, and they have the most satisfying like junk. They get stuck in the teddy's heads, and they fall down. They're full of stuffing. It's just so satisfying. That's exactly the feel that I was getting, mm-hmm. which is just as like crude and hilarious, right? Which is what we were getting from that yeah. whole thing. It was awesome. Then you had Angel of Death. Yeah, that weird little doll angel thing. Yeah, who had the tongue like Krampus. Uh-huh. Gross little like probing tongue that oh. she's like licking the face of. Oh. And the and the um stab in the back bot. That little stab robot backbot. that jumped on Adam. Oh Scott. yeah, that looked like a transformer <laughs> yeah. type thing. And it was just stabbing him in his back uh-huh. over and over again. Uh-huh. Those were a great bunch of like I loved it. 
toys yeah the, i had no toys. i had no idea that was part of this movie at all no idea the elves the toys like them the, showing the us fucking gingerbread man versus the gingerbread David man yeah Kechner was hilarious that, <laughs> that was, was so fun that was awesome and then the dog ended up eating the third one yes even just at the start when you hear like their giggly laughs and you're like what's what's going on mm-hmm. why is, does krampus make this like hilarious weird high-pitched laugh because yeah. the chain dropped down in the fireplace yeah and you heard like yeah like, what, what is this and it's like he's fishing for kids yeah you know he's got a little <laughs> i know gingerbread thing on a yeah, hook that's the bait yeah on this line that he sends down and it works but then like the gingerbread boy just comes to life and wraps the chain around him and he yeah drags him out and then the whole family sees that there's no like grandpa's doesn't strike one in the dark you know pick mm-hmm. them off when they're weakest it's like everyone's sleeping around the fire to be in a sense of like community and that they're all there yeah. and protecting each other that's that's what's nice about this one and makes it unique is that there's no like progression of oh one character saw the crazy shit and no one believes that character mm-hmm. it's pretty much they all see the insane shit like right off the bat yeah right off the bat and so there's just immediate empathy and it's immediate us versus is them and we've got to take on this whole crew yeah and then when something just starts it's this they're there to kill or to take someone right yeah. and there's nothing you can do but try your hardest for that not to yeah. happen and they can be killed which is great oh yeah yeah like and you like, just you just need to shoot the things good enough to debilitate them long enough yeah just blast them mm-hmm. I mean, just like anything else but i mean they're just infinite you know they're just always going to keep coming yeah. at you and it, the effects are fantastic yeah it looks so good like uh-huh. um here's here's the thing about christmas movies this isn't about horror movies in general but this is a, a thought i have about christmas movies mm-hmm. is that some of the better ones as years go by like what you, you want a christmas movie for is to bring you into whatever sort of festive spirit that christmas represents for you sure that you like sure. about it um and um, one of the greatest movies for it is um, Santa Claus, the Santa Claus Tim with Allen. Tim Allen, mm-hmm. just because they create this amazing North Pole and this amazing sleigh and this amazing it's wonderful like, mythos Love it. around Christmas, right? There's that one. There's Polar Express. Gives you an amazing uh, winter Christmassy aesthetic. Um, mm-hmm. For me, Muppet Christmas Carol brings you right there. It's just everywhere. It's just yep. bells and cheer and snow. Even Jim Carrey's How the Grinch Stole Christmas the, uh, Jim does Carrey's a wonderful job with Gr- Whoville. Grinch is amazing. You're totally right, dude. Love that Whoville one. Whoville is like just christmas visual that's actually the one that i think me and my family make sure to watch every year interestingly enough we watch that one over and over again and just love quoting it through the holidays yeah jody just watched that one that's a big one for her santa claus is her number one Mm -hmm. i think and for me it's muppet christmas carol right yeah that's Um, a great one but they all like they all have all those three things have in common they have these very physical sets and props that are all very very christmassy um, and bring you in there's so much sparkling there's gifts there's giant trees everywhere you look the screen is just filled with the stuff that puts you right in the mood yeah and this movie did that but creepy like you know like everywhere you look there was a wreath there was some like when the angel death gets blasted flies right into the into wreath on the wreath. wall and then falls Beautiful. down yeah there's christmas trees everywhere lights getting pulled down it's scored with just christmas music all the way throughout Christ- like this yeah. feels like such a festive christmas movie for yeah. sure i have to admit like that's what strikes me the most about this is i did not realize how festive and yuletide this christmas this movie was going to be mm-hmm. i thought it would just have you know that would be the shtick on top of this horror movie yeah i did it was christmasy absolutely i didn't realize how much of like a feel-good spirited Mm-hmm. film that it would be and that it totally fits in the canon of other christmas movies yeah like he kind of nailed i'm gonna do a christmas horror movie and he really nailed the christmas part of that yeah for sure that's that's kind of what i was saying at the top is like when he did a halloween anthology mm-hmm. it was the halloweeniest movie i've ever seen totally just visually and so what i really loved too is that it felt completely like 
so many of the cheesy, fun, silly 80s horror movies that we watch where there's just like a bunch of creatures or practical effects. But it was, oh, what if we did a movie like that with today's technology? Yeah, it did. Like a Critters or Gremlins or something like that, right? Yeah, it felt exactly like that, but not limited by the way that those animatronics and and props and puppets looked. It was a perfect merging of practical effects with CGI. Like I did not mind the CGI one bit. Not at all. Because there was enough practical effects to blend in with it. Like tons. Like the the Jack in the Box was a really central image. Like that was one of the big ones. And I think like it was a physical mask and whole structure, but then I think they CGI'd just like the teeth and the throat and everything. I think those were all like when he was eating and yeah. swallowing probably that was some cgi but like that same puppet had like all these moving mouth parts so yeah. i think it was all practical absolutely yeah. i think yeah it's a perfect again blend between like practical and then we'll just touch it up with cgi yeah and like how it moved and like just the expression those two dead eyes it had with that weird creepy oh man like, living mouth i love i love the idea of it scaling up too like when it ate the first daughter underneath the um, tow truck or underneath the snow plow at yeah. the beginning yeah. the thing opens up and you see it kind of tiny but it clearly is able to elongate or become large yeah because that little box is just the it's like the rattle on a rattlesnake's tail that's all that the, exactly the jack in the box exactly. is perfect yeah oh geez it's like a christmas rattlesnake that's horrible <laughs> and it just Terrifying. eats you so uh-huh. and i also thought that there was this little thing where it couldn't get in the vent at first like right before she swung at it with it the will axe. look like it was struggling it was stuck a little bit and i think that's because it just ate the kid <laughs> and it was struggling to fit in but then once once it digested the kid then if that's what we're saying it just like was able to shoot through there no problem it was just at that last moment wiggling your hips trying to yeah. get in and then boop, it popped in and how strange is the scene where they decide out of nowhere to send rosie the dog in after everything <laughs> and rosie who's been lazy pretty much the rest of the time maybe got a taste of that sweet sweet gingerbread and wanted yeah. a little bit more of the krampus minion <laughs> flavor just like jumped in the vent gunned it upstairs and everyone's just looking at the wall and listening to the sound of Rosie going yeah. up into the attic and just like beating the shit out of a bunch of toys or something. Just it sounded like just like having some wrestling match carnage, you know, just in the vents or something. Yeah. Like it was insane. Mm-hmm. And then shit fell through the ceiling and, and Rosie was okay. That's mm-hmm. important. That's important oh, yeah. to me. <laughs> yes. Um Rosie made it. Rosie was funny too because they're saying right at the beginning how like all the weird stuff that was happening, Rosie wasn't like reacting to anything. Mm-hmm. And right at first, um what's his name says like Rosie, come on, go check it out. And she just runs away. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm not having anything. Like, to do that's with a this. great dog. Yeah. Dogs can just be scared. Dogs don't want to fight all the intruders sometimes. Heck no. <laughs> and you know what? I like to think that Rosie really, once she became aware of the level of the threat, yeah. she stepped up her game. And she's she like, did. you know what? I can't be a lazy bulldog right now. I need to fight for my family. Yeah, I need to be a funny fighting bulldog. What was Rosie's end then? Because they left the house. So did Rosie get taken at some point or eaten ultimately? I think at the, like... Or in the attic scene when that carnage happened and things quieted down where they're just like, well, I guess Rosie's dead, but I think she did her job. Did we see Rosie come back? I don't know. What was her, what was Rosie's final? Okay. Cause that was all like kind of like a dream, right? Or is it like teaching this kid a lesson? Like all the things that happened. Right oh yeah. Here. We got to get through to like what this lesson is and what the whole theme and threat of Krampus yeah. is. But no, I can't, I can't remember what happens to Rosie in the end. Um, I, I don't totally know if when the ceiling comes down, we see her again. Yeah. Oh, oh right. Okay. So the, the Jack in the box snake breaks through uh-huh. right and lands on the ground dead and so rosie must be there at the same time was it dead uh i don't know i can't remember a lot happened there's a lot of yeah. carnage yeah. and i wasn't like 
up to that point, I was fine and satisfied with the movie. I wasn't expecting that crazy, insane no. battle scene to happen. No, and that was awesome. It was such a it was such a plateau for the movie to arrive at. It was yeah. so great that third act. I, I totally agree. Like it, there's a part where this movie just like kicked off and it didn't really stop. Yeah, yeah, and I don't totally know what happens to Rosie, but at, at the very very end, I, I imagine we can suppose that this was all like or largely took place in the kid's head as a big lesson. Mm-hmm. But that Krampus was there. Yeah. Okay. So if it is all in the kid's head, hmm. there seems to be. Like I like to think that maybe it's not in his head, but it's a uh, unfold a particular unfolding of reality that Krampus is able to control in the time space continuum, where he can like unfold reality in a certain way to teach you this lesson and take everyone along there with you, but then fold it back into itself. But there still lingers a little bit of consciousness that that rea- other reality took place. Krampus coherence, Cr- sure, Krampus coherence. <laughs> so when, but that would be multiple different realities. But you're right that they do converge in at the end, so yeah. maybe it's an apt metaphor. Um, Either way, he opens up the box and reveals the ornament, and then everyone has this ominous moment of looking at each other yeah, and that, hearing that voices. And they're not just like, it's not just a voice that they're hearing, because then they would just be like, what's that? That's creepy. What's that sound? They're all kind of yeah. recollecting. Yeah, that's this what whole it seemed thing. like to me. Yeah. It seemed like they, when he was looking at the bell, everyone had this odd moment of realization like, wait, did that like dream or whatever we all had last night really happen? Exactly. So, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe that. Krampus all those events did take place and when they fell into that like air quotes volcano thing mm-hmm. that was him like sending them back to the beginning with a newly learned lesson yeah and maybe you can only do that if you truly in that final moment ask Krampus for forgiveness mm-hmm. or say that you're sorry for ill wishing because I don't think the grandma pulled that off the grandma didn't ask for that and the grandma was faced with mm. Krampus took all of her friends and family. Yeah, and they were gone. Actually they were gone. gone. Yeah, and she was the last one left. That's why she carried that story forward. So the right, grandson right. really stepped it up. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense that he actually did complete the the ritual. Mm-hmm. That the maybe that the whole Krampus event was specifically happening to him, uh-huh. just like it was to the grand grandmother. Exactly, but he just he did the right move in the end where she did it, not. Right there yeah. we go. And I think Krampus is kind of annoyed by that. I think he's like, ah, fine. <laughs> he's like, okay, fine. But I get to drop you in one final time. Get to yeah, have my last just, one. <laughs> I get to... This is not going to hurt you, but it's super terrifying, and I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. Um, That's that, a fun little uh, Lord of the Rings-esque moment at the end there. It was. Mordor just opens up. Yeah, and just that this kid just like goes and confronts him. He's like, I'm not done with you yet, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> Don't think he said motherfucker, but... And then Krampus and all the all the other like high-level like VIP elves who are hanging out. Right there, like, what? Who is this kid? <laughs> Those elves just—it's amazing. Because again, like, I didn't expect the battleground plateau, and then, but then at the end of the battleground plateau, all of a sudden the ground's just like, oh fuck, the elves, and then this is yeah. Motley crew burst through the door, each with a signature mask. They're all like, yeah, 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 Jeez. we're elves. <laughs> yeah, those ones had a lot of pep and energy to oh, them. Yeah, they ran in. They were real scary extras. Well, I think they were just sitting in snowmen outside waiting for their cue. You're right, <laughs> or hiding behind them because or there were several, several scenes earlier where there was like more than one figure darting back and forth. Those snowmen were I creepy, man. They were super creepy. I feel like the elves were just building those, like Santa's helpers, or oh, sorry, yeah, Krampus's yeah. helpers, are yeah. probably like staging all. Wait, what's coming? Window. hide behind him hide behind him <laughs> yeah and they're hiding behind the little snowman. and one messed it up and that's what the kids saw through his binoculars exactly yeah <laughs> or they're darting back and forth because they don't care like they're elves mm-hmm. i love the concept too this is also kind of like the santa claus that the elves are maybe a little like young and mischievous yeah yeah, yeah. you know they kind of buy that going to them but also are they so they're also elves but maybe they're just maybe there's some kind of like uh differentiation within the species elves and the subspecies of like the good Santa ones that build toys and oh, the bad yeah. ones who build snowmen. Yeah. And these are, these are Krampus's elves. Krampus elves. They're not sure. elves. 
they're not Christmas elves, they're Krampus elves. So yeah, they're but demented. they must be they're... somewhat related species, like from like a higher branch in the evolutionary chain. I think you could probably like mirror whatever makes Krampus different than Santa. Oh, here you go. They're the sha- they're the elves' shadows. There you go. Just like Krampus is the shadow of the, Santa. Yeah, exactly. But somehow around way before Santa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's that's like, the one part that's like okay he's santa's shadow but he's, he's been around he, for way long he's a more santa. ancient spirit mm-hmm. but like here's what i'm taking from this to really please, really please let this uh mythology let's figure this out i think that he's an, an, an older spirit who is maybe just a spirit of um taking and bullshit mm-hmm. and when years and years later in human history his opposite evolved he became in air quotes the metaphorical shadow of saint nick because what his, as a spirit, what he represents is the exact opposite. And therefore, um, one day a year would be an opportunity for his power or for the thing that makes him you know, most able to execute his power. Um, that would be Christmas for the bad families. You know, They would be complete, vulnerable. He would have all the power in the world on that day. Mm-hmm. It seems like it just worked out that way, that he kind of got to fit himself I, into I the Christmas this, myth. I love this idea. I love the idea that... You know, Krampus did it first. He kind of had this whole, like, I'm going to teach people a lesson. And it's not necessarily a medieval bad guy. I'm just, <laughs> if you wish Ill, Ill wish on your family, and if you if you know, yeah. if you don't have hope, then I'm going to come in and I'm going to take your friends and family away from you. But if you ask for forgiveness, then I'll give them back. And it's like, yeah. look, I'm doing everyone, I'm doing humanity a favor. I'm pushing them in the right direction. Yeah. Then this candy-ass Santa, Santa Claus dude comes <laughs> along. St. Nick comes around and he starts offering a product that just jives for everyone. Yeah, okay. And what's what are the consequences of not having hope? You don't get presents and just everyone else who's good gets presents you get amazing coal to warm your house with yeah so this way tamer figure comes along and now suddenly he's evil santa no 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 no. santa is just candy ass krampus okay candy ass krampus i did this first yeah Yeah, poor krampus and i mean he's an he's an ugly looking dude too yeah, he is. He is a horrible, like Slack amazingly jobs. horrible looking creature. Mm-hmm. Like they did such a good job. Oh, Krampus. totally. Like first you see this big hooded, like kind of like looks a little bit like the creature from the village. Um, and totally. Shamalan's the village jumping around on, on roofs, mm-hmm. scaring the shit out of the girl who's just out yeah. to look around, see if anybody's okay. Which is fun and intriguing yeah. way to kick it off. And at this point in the movie, you don't know whether or not Krampus is going to be straight up fucking murdering people. Yeah. You think a lot of these movies before like seeing some grotesque violence, Mm -hmm. I assume they're going to be pretty PG and they're going to imply a kill if anything, which they did in the first part. Um, But that was helpful because it was the cat or the the Jack in the box snake thing. So that was cool to not know what was happening under the the truck right at first. Um, But yeah, when you're watching these movies, I certainly assumed that it was going to be very, a very PG approach and like, I wasn't going to see anything cool, Mm -hmm. Um, but they really committed to the idea and that was not the case. So you first see Krampus hopping around and stuff, and then the he's, little Jack he's in the way box. More, he's way more agile at the top, by the way, too. Yeah. Like how quickly yeah. he he's like gunning it from roof to roof, mm-hmm. floating through the air, jumping and hopping. By the end of the movie, Krampus is like kind of the slow-moving, cranky yeah. old warlock. He's about as fast as he needs to be in any given moment. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But uh, I... Yeah, and then when we finally see his face at the end there, mm-hmm. he's just horrific looking. And he like, he's like moans and he's like, his jaws hanging slack. He's got all these big teeth. He's got his, wonderful eyes. His pupils aren't real pupils. They're like, you know, ready, burned, With incomplete like, shapes. Like almost like the cat horizontal yeah. 
or vertical line just cut right through. Cut, yeah, as if there was like a little like disc of ink on top of a surface of water and you ran your finger through it, mm-hmm. you know, and it just broke the image. That's what his weird ass eyes look like. Totally. And just his deep slack jawed, like he was just a creature, you mm-hmm. know, but the way that he acts and moves and shows up, you know that he's way more intelligent as a force than that. And he's like drying the tears of the kid too. Yeah, with his horrible claw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the he, slow moving claws. Yeah, he dries the tears because it seems like he's not like the most evil thing in the world. He just has a job to do. Yeah. Right? He just follows his own logic. Yeah, and this logic is interesting, this kind of negative consequence. It's like, don't stop having hope, right? <laughs> so it's like it wants you to be kind of a good person and have Christmas spirit. Krampus mm-hmm. wants you to have positive outlook on life, even if there was only one loaf of bread distributed in your town and mm-hmm. everyone else took it out of your hands and tore each other apart for it instead of sharing it. Even then, Krampus wants you to be optimistic for the future. And if you're not optimistic, then he's going to kill your family. <laughs> like. <laughs> It's just a, it's a little bizarre in terms of like it's, this this how this fairy tale it's operates. Deep. It's like it, you better be optimistic when they say I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> when they say it's like an ancient force, like now after reading Stephen King's It, mm-hmm. I always like they describe in the book how like Pennywise wasn't Pennywise for most of its existence. Right. That was like the last like hundred years or less, right? So um, before that, Pennywise was just this consumer, like it just consumed things in the universe, and it learned that like when it found humans is like these things that can think could create these emotions. And the more of that you had on top of the meal, the better it tasted. So like it adapted, it, right. it adapted that way. So like, so Pennywise is an advanced version of it then. Cause it, yeah. Pennywise knows that, Oh, this is the yeah. best way to get a tasty meal. Pennywise has learned it found dairy. Dairy is its own little place to feed. And the best way to feed is on, things that you can evoke a lot of emotion the easiest way to do that is scaring Mm -hmm. that's sort of what this entity has the ability to do is just like see into their heads and mirror back what they're scared of and when they're scared they taste the best that's like the complete logic behind it Mm -hmm. and so i apply that to anything that's like an old spirit is that they've got this very very simple um very simple goal and over time, like traditions and things impose these like sanctions that make it more difficult for that goal to come across, but eventually it does. So if you're, if you run out of hope, the universe's consequence is that this predator is now you're on its list. You're available to it because you don't have the ward against it, which is the Christmas spirit. Mm-hmm. And in this guy's filmmaking, a lot of little Christmas baubles, like your wreath, your tree, you got your songs, you got your lights, you got all those things up as those, just like in trick or treat, as those little baubles and trinkets break down. So does your defense against Krampus, just like that warm fire going away. Yeah, he, he come the, down, the he, warm fire serves the exact same function yeah. as the jack lanterns do in trick or treat for he, sure. Exactly, you can't come down the chimney if the fire's too mm-hmm. hot. That's just great. That's so simple and so great to me. Totally, but then it would make more sense to me if there was some other force that would like unleash Krampus on you if you didn't have hope. Whereas Krampus seems to be the gatekeeper and the deliverer of the evil. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's like, all right. If you ask for forgiveness, then I won't unleash all these things on you. So he's like a good spirit, but at the same time, an evil spirit. Well, if you're repentant, maybe you're not what he wants. Right? So he just is not interested in you at that time? Yeah, that's yeah. more what I take. Like someone who's not scared of Pennywise is less tasty, right? Mm-hmm. So that's how they're able to defeat it multiple times. But then you would want to show something like him being disappointed or like frustrated that he's asking for forgiveness. Instead, he like wipes his tear and like almost empathizes with the boy or is like proud of him at the end they're not they're not exactly you know 
that's not perfect music. parallel, but, but I like, do appreciate you trying to. I, I I like the the concept and that like it could just like dry, don't be sad, you know. I'll get you next year. Like I love these <laughs> these villains that like oh, I don't got be no sad. Sticks. I'm gonna creep the fuck out of you with an ornament tomorrow morning. <laughs> just you know how like, many other little boys tore up their their Santa letters. Uh huh. I'm gonna feast tonight. Don't worry about me. Dry your tear, little boy. I'll come for you next fucking year. I also love just having the setup of a to- a totally dysfunctional. A family gathering where literally no one wants to be there <laughs> except for Max, who is just hoping the best and wishing the best for everyone. Everyone mm. else there does not want to be there. And then two sets of parents just let those kids bully him about his Santa oh list. Oh my god, yeah. Ugh. And they let him keep reading it. Yeah. It's like Adam Scott, the dad, is like, well, I'll just let, let them finish. Let your cousin Jordan yeah. finish reading this embarrassing list. Yeah. Don't react so strongly, son. They're just <laughs> ridiculing you. <laughs> rather than kids uh, could you stop could you give it his possession back to him and and yeah. patty it's not patty it's something else dorothy dorothy yeah. and dorothy making peppermint schnapps yeah i really didn't like her but you then near the her. end you hate it you were I, passionately angry i wish she wasn't in the movie yeah i really hated her being there in in the scenes and just mm. being a sh- at first do you, you do you have your own aunt dorothy dave is that what this is about no and maybe that's what why everyone who has an aunt dorothy goes like ah eh. You just get used to those people. That's probably it. Yeah, I, I, I look at that character and I'm like, you wrote that in to piss me off, and I like can't mm-hmm. ignore it. But then later, she you got guys pretty are just, hilarious. You've just kicked out all the Aunt Dorothys in your life. Yeah, I guess so. They don't come around. That's what we do. Us Stonebras, mm-hmm. we don't like you. You're out on Christmas night. No Dorothys. No um, Dorothys allowed. Although, um, <laughs> it did remind me of something, um, which is gone. Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait, wait for it. Wait, wait, wait for it. Wait for it. Oh, it's gone. The wait for it song mm-hmm. got in my head. So from Hamilton or the new one or the one that I just made up. Now? The one you just made up. Oh, makes sense. <laughs> so we were talking about Aunt Dorothy's. And... <laughs> I want. Oh yeah, got it. Um, but I didn't love Aunt Dorothy, but she did have one of the best lines in the whole movie when she ah, <laughs> oh yes here, here we go i know exactly what you're talking about <laughs> when um after the like krampus event yeah um on christmas morning there everyone was just there and he was like oh everything's fine whatever mm-hmm. and she said i haven't been this hungover since the pope died <laughs> so let's let's take a minute and just let's take this apart a l- little bit okay because this is this is worthy of a lot of our attention this line is so funny <laughs> it's so good and it delivers so much into who Aunt Dorothy is right. Yeah. Okay, she's the worst. But she's the worst. Worth. <laughs> she's the worst. She's the worst. She's also huge Catholic. Uh huh. Here's what I think's going on. Let's hear it. I think that Aunt Dorothy was super preachy to the rest of the family all growing up, and wanted to become a nun. Okay, Ooh. super dedicated to the Catholic Church. Uh huh. Right. All right. She had committed what? What's it called? Where you take not take an oath? Is it take an oath? Uh, you swear to yeah you swear to marry the church or whatever yeah. <laughs> you do that right you get engaged to the church yeah and she was really really preachy to her sister about this whole time about how she should also become a nun but then mm-hmm. tony collette started dating having boyfriends and that really drove a lot of tension between dorothy and tony collette's character right uh-huh. that kind of started there <gasps> Um, she went off and she became this nun. They had kids um, or whatever. She started preaching to the kids as well. And they were annoyed by that. Then uh, Pope John Paul died. And she's never had a drop of alcohol in her life. <laughs> Hit the bottle super hard. Just like and like the most insane 
the hangover ever because she's never had a hangover before. Like the first night of drinking that results in the aunt. Like two full bottles of Jack Daniels (laughs) to herself. (laughs) She went, the craziest part is she walked in like with her full, what do you call a nurse's, uh, a nurse? What do you call a nun's outfit? Costume. Nun's costume. (laughs) We're going to superimpose some terminology. terminology. Um, Walks straight in with a full, I want to call it habit, but that's not right. Nun robe. Okay. She walks into a liquor store in the full thing. Just like, give me, give me whatever will mess me up the most. Hope John Paul just died. There's no, nothing to live for anymore. That'd be honey Jack Daniels. Yeah. Here's a couple of bottles for you. Just like, I recommend the Jack Daniels. I'll take two. <laughs> Resulting in the ant that we saw in the movie. Exactly. That and then, so then she, she obviously got kicked out of, um, the sisterhood. Sisterhood. Of the traveling pants. Sisterhood of the traveling nuns. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's that's too good. Yeah. Got kicked out and then now has <laughs> since just been an insufferable force. Yeah. Just like. Yeah. And actually. Well, oh my God. I, she drinks every night uh-huh. when she and every morning she wakes up and says that same line. <laughs> Haven't felt this hungover since the Pope died. John Paul dies. John Paul II dies and she just falls off the wagon. Yeah, way off the wagon. Oh man, imagine a nun actually just like going through life. It's like I used to be a nun. It's like, oh wow, what happened? It's like John Paul died. John Paul just, died. That was it. I just he was it out. for me. I thought I loved the church. I just loved my poor John Paul. It must be like, too. like that's fine. That's cool. You got your winter's ale. You got your fidget spin back, spinner back. Oh, I saw a fidget spinner in something. Actually, like a, in like, like a, a movie. Okay. I was watching a movie and someone had a fidget spinner. I'm like, first one I've seen. Because things that were in production then are being released now. <laughs> <laughs> then I look at every fidget spinner I see. I, I want to buy so many more. Oh, where was I? I was in Toys R Us the other day. And they had some crazy looking ones. Yeah. I just like to stop in a Toys R Us. But like, do you have a Super Nintendo? No, Chris. We don't have <laughs> a Super Nintendo. Stop coming in here every day. <laughs> Chris, we still don't have one of those. Do you want us to put your name on the call list? You're like, no, no, I'm nearby. I'll just come in again. I'll just come by every hour on the hour. You know me. <laughs> so, Chris, let me ask you a question. What's up? Um, it is 23rd today, right? Yes. Yes. So, are you prepared? For to... Christmas? Yeah. Christmas is on, on the morrow's morrow. It is. It's Christmas Eve's Eve today. Oh, sheesh, y'all. You're right. So, are you prepared? Um, I have some. I have a few gifts bought, but I need to buy more gifts, mm. and I need to get some stocking stuffers, and I've got to act fucking quick. Um, yeah. How about you? I'm usually uh like leave it till the last millisecond, but mm-hmm. like th- that's also just been like leave it till the last like paycheck, which is typically on a Friday, typically pretty close too. So it's always horrible. And then when you want to do like a creative gift or something like print out some pictures for blah or it's just impossible. Yeah. So this year I've tried to be a little more proactive in the gifts that I, you know, want to be like proud of. You got on it early? I got on them early. There's still a couple things I need to get, but. Oh, nothing is better than those years where you can get all that Christmas shit done like in the first week of December yeah. Yeah. and then not worry about it. Like. It just makes a much more streamlined, enjoyable experience of the holidays. Yeah, dude. I just fuck it up every single year. I know. I and always go in with the best of intentions. I know. Like, but so. like, here's the thing, listeners. It's way too late for you now. <laughs> but when you go in, just to taunt you a little bit, when you go in on yeah early December, late November, and you get like a couple really good things, and you know you don't have to worry about that anymore, mm-hmm. it just feels so much better than waiting till it's too late and many of your options are no longer options. 
Like that's more what it is, right? Oh, I know. Like when you're like, oh, this would be a perfect gift. Oh, I can't get this from Amazon. Christmas is in 36 hours. (laughs) (laughs) Christmas is in 30 seconds. I know. And I have, I have had years where I have been on the ball and done that. But this isn't one of those years. And you've gotten some things you weren't totally proud of. Um, no, I've had like, I've had years where it's like the first week and I'm like, I've got this. Oh, nice. Everything is set. And that just feels amazing. Yeah. Hey, have you seen any other Christmas horror movies? Um, not really. Like there's, I know one came out this year that everyone's typing. It's on Shutter now. Uh-huh. Free plug for Shutter. Fuck that. Beep, beep that out. Um, better watch out. Okay, it's making a lot of end of year lists, so I want to watch that one. Black Christmas. If you are still in the city, there's a couple places having screenings. Um, it's playing Christmas Eve for free at TIFF. I don't think you'll be around for that. I will. Yeah, I'll be out of town. Yeah, it's also playing the Royal on like the twenty second or twenty first or something. And Silent Night, Deadly Night is another one, and that one's playing the Royal this weekend. What year is that one? I want to say 86. Okay. Okay. And it's just got like a dude in a Santa suit with a giant ass axe in his hand. Oh, awesome. Like, Let's do this. Santa murders. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That'd be fantastic. What's the, I want to watch the Futurama episode where it has the robot St. Nick and he's awful and he just destroys the town. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Do you remember that? It sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah. Yesterday we, um, when I had some folks over, we, we just had Christmas tunes and like watched Christmas episodes of like Always Sunny and, mm-hmm. and Parks and Rec, like stuff like that is just the best thing to do. Just gather up all your favorite shows, Christmas episodes, because they all have one. Yeah. You know, Rick and Morty was one we did. Um, it, it's just so much fun. It is. I love doing it with Thanksgiving too. That's been, we've been more on the ball about that is getting together with friends on Thanksgiving and just watch every Thanksgiving episode of like, for example, Friends did a Thanksgiving episode every year. How yep. I Met Your Mother did yep. a Thanksgiving episode, right? Slapsgiving. Yep, amazing. Um, and same goes for Christmas stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. And Halloween and mm-hmm. all those things that you love to do, just do the those specific episodes, and it's so much fun. So yeah, just have yourself a merry Christmas, scaredy cats. You know, enjoy enjoy the season. Uh, get a Lions of Winter's Ale if you can. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's all. That's the extent of my holiday wishes. And I'll I'll throw a few of you. Put up some lights if you like that. Uh, go out and have a, a tasty winter ale of any variety at any place you can. Throw a snowball if you're up north like us. Yeah, throw a snowball. Uh, throw a sand ball if you're... If you're down in, in the warm, warm... In Australia. Australia. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, overall, like um, I say this as somebody whose um, who's family was raised celebrating Christmas and then abruptly later in life canceled it and it doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. I say you can celebrate Christmas in one of a bazillion ways. And just, um, if you're an adult, you can just do whatever the hell you want. Hang out with your friends, see who's in town, who's not doing anything, mm-hmm. go get a meal at Denny's. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's, it is important though, that to recognize that our culture has truly corrupted like the true meaning of Christmas and what Christmas stands yeah. for. Oh yeah. And we, we really need to get back to the Roman holiday of Saturnalia, the pagan Thank you. ritual, Thank which you, Christmas is based on. Yes. So I highly encourage everyone, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just YouTube, the Adam ruins everything episode about Christmas (laughs) and teach yourself and just enjoy learning how recent this tradition is that we call Christmas, how it has absolutely nothing to do with Christianity or Christ's birth. And that it really is more about a longstanding pagan tradition (laughs) of getting super drunk and demanding (laughs) from rich people that we get some food. So with that in mind, realize that Christmas, any sort of tradition that seems like it goes back so far as to justify what Christmas is, is, not the case bullshit and what it is is it is a time that whatever 20 30 years you've been on this earth whatever you've been doing for that time whatever has made that era of the year special for you mm-hmm. just do that with your friends and family if you can 
um, anybody who will on your own, whatever is most satisfying to you, and just enjoy the fact that there's a ton of people at this time of year who are likely failing but trying to be jolly and joyful and festive. There's so many more of them than usual. As someone who works in retail, that is a definitive Mm -hmm. truth is while it's stressful and terrible, there's also so many people who are in the giving mood, who are in the jolly mood, who will stop and give you a coffee and just try to take advantage of the good feelings of the season. Just feel good and just don't hurt anybody, you know? Yeah. Don't hurt anybody. Yeah, I'm going to probably punch my brother, but don't hurt anyone else. Yeah. And don't let Aunt Dorothy come over if you don't want to, you know? If she derailed her life because of some Pope figurehead died of some kind of giant (laughs) religion, antiquated religion, don't let that ruin your holidays. She's got to figure it out herself. Yes. Say, Aunt Dorothy, you can come if you're not going to pull that when when the Pope died shit. (laughs) Yeah. No peppermint schnapps. Oh, I love that drink she was mixing, though. Just It was hot chocolate and schnapps, I think. She was mixing it with a candy cane to get the yeah. mint in it uh-huh. and then putting schnapps in. She yeah. said, let me teach you how to make peppermint schnapps. <laughs> that was awesome. She obviously meant a drink with peppermint schnapps, but... Yeah. I think maybe she was just using schnapps or just like vodka and just was mixing peppermint into it. Well, once she said, I'm going to teach you how to make peppermint schnapps, I was expecting her to like go up back and be like, all right, you got the still. <laughs> you got to let it ferment in here for six to three months. Ever heard of yeast? Yeah. Yeast is important. We're going to need some yeast. <laughs> uh, Instagram comments? Instagram, Instagram comments. Instagram comments. Instagram comments. On our dank bong post... I love blood said I enjoyed the hell out of this. Um, also on our dark song post, uh, in Grisco says really enjoyed it. saw it last night and kind of want to watch it again. And yeah. And every other comment on that post is just glowing and positive. Yeah, all smiles and butterflies and claps and check marks. Everyone Gold loves that stars. movie but us, man. Yeah, apparently. And and I did say in that recording, I like the movie overall. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't completely 100% um, just taken aback by their failure to deliver on the greatest setup ever. Mm-hmm. It bothered me greatly, but it didn't completely ruin the movie for me. I will have to say, in direct contrast, I kind of don't want to watch it again ever. Yeah. No, for me, I mean, for me, Dark Song was my Pope John Paul II. And I just had <laughs> such hopes. And I really had dedicated so much of my life to it for the first 45 minutes. And then it just let me down. And I just had to hit the bottle. It just died. And Chris has never had a hangover like as bad. Dark Song. <laughs> yeah. In fact, every time I'm hungover, I'm like, this is almost as bad as my hangover after watching Dark Song. <laughs> uh, so just as a, a quick recap, we loved how this movie was set up and it let us down with the way it was executed at the end. Absolutely. Thanks okay. for those comments. Thanks, guys, for commenting on Instagram. Please continue to do so in the future. Well, we hope you have a Merry Christmas, Scaredy Cats. Um, this has been another episode of the Texture Stave Sound Massacre. As always, I'm Chris Vandenberg. I'm Dave Stonebra. And uh, why don't we sing a song? All right. Sounds After good. you. <laughs> Okay, here we go. Chaos reigns, chaos reigns, chaos reigns, chaos reigns. Elves be building snowmen, chaos reigns. Merry Krampus. Merry Christmas. See you next week. 
We should start talking like this. Welcome back to the Texas Dave Song. Well, hello. We're back for another episode of the Texas Dave Song Massacre. Here on KGBFPX92. Well, that's us. One FM. Yeah, oh, you know it, listeners. We are back with another con, con, con contest. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> Too many beans. I thought Annabelle Creation was dit, dit, dit derivative. 